0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, is BYU football the key to the Pac-12 making the college football playoff? The Cougars just
1: might be. We ranked the 2018 BYU football schedule from easiest to hardest. And what are the stone cold guarantee wins on the schedule?
0: Plus, which NCAA tournament team did BYU basketball convince to play in Pro Bowl? And your greatest pieces of BYU sports memorabilia.
2: Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is
0: live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, April 24th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan, who has several pieces of elite BYU memorabilia, including every single Ty Detmer rookie card, right?
1: No. Oh, man. I, don't have, I think I have one Ty Detmer card from the Packers. But I, I collected cards, mostly basketball, some baseball, some a little bit of football. Do you, you still have them? Yes. They're in my garage.
0: You know exactly where they are.
1: Yes. I, some it, Maybe this is weird. Sometimes I'll go look every couple years. I'll like, oh, look through the day. Vern Fleming from the Pacers. Uh Dale David. Konkak. Yeah, I love playing name that 90s NBA player. <laughs> like, I love that. So Like, I'll open it up and I'll smell them. And I'm like, that's the smell of 1989 when I was just a wee lad with my cards. That was the greatest. And I'd greatest. go to the gas station and I'd get a new pack. And then there's. Few things in life that are more exciting than opening a, a fresh pack of cards. Oh. Kid. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. Right. I c- Occasionally, Darren Ravel will do this on Twitter. He'll be like, oh, I got a new 1992 Fleer set, and he'll open it. I'm like, what did you get, man? As soon Fun as web? I
0: got money, when I was in fifth or sixth grade. That was the first time? Wow. Well, no. I'm just, I'm just saying that's... That- the memories of me riding my bike to Allie's Pizza in Sunset, Utah, because they randomly had, like, packs of baseball and basketball cards you could buy yeah. for 50 cents. Those were fantastic childhood memories. And and the idea of getting that card potentially autographed by one of your professional sports superstars, like, that was amazing. That has now been replaced by the selfie. Yeah, Can I get a selfie with you? Like, forget cards and autographs. Like, a picture with your... Sports Hero has now replaced
1: all of that. Yeah, if you can get a picture, that's pretty good. People <laughs> still get autographs, though, quite a bit.
0: Can you sell those? Oh, this is an authentic selfie picture.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, it's personal.
0: It's going for $130. It means, it
1: means more. You can buy an autograph. Mm. Do collectors
0: still go for that? Like, is there a market out
1: there for that still? The collector is gathering infinity stones. <laughs>
0: You always have to make it about the adventures, don't you? This Thursday. Okay. More sports memorabilia talk on the way as we rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
2: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: John Wilner, a writer for the San Jose Mercury News and the Pac-12 Hotline newsletter, released an article yesterday stating the following about BYU football. And I quote, Pac-12 football success over the coming years will depend to a certain extent on how well the BYU Cougars flap their wings, so to speak. He continues, games won in Provo and elsewhere could impact college football playoff access in L.A. and Seattle and elsewhere. Of course, the inverse also holds. Loads of BYU losses would be bad news for the Pac-12, end quote. Jerem. How much does BYU really impact the Pac-12's chances of getting into the college football playoff?
1: I don't think it's that much. I mean, we're prone to give ourselves, ourselves being BYU, more credit than we deserve. So, for some reason, John's doing this for us. We'll talk to him in the next segment and kind of explore his idea here. But 10% is a lot. In the next four years, BYU has 15 games scheduled with the Pac.
0: 10% of all non-conference games for the Pac-12 are against BYU. Over a five year span. How
1: about that? And 22 total games through 2027. I expect at least 25% of BYU's schedule each year to be against the Pac 12 because is going to play Utah and then they're going to play at least two others. So in the next year, this year, four, next year, three, three, five. And then 2022 isn't fleshed out as much, but there are already two. There's one in 25, 26, 27. So. There's one in 2027. The Pac-12 is a big part of BYU scheduling. I expect at least three games a year against those teams. One against Utah, and then two more.
0: When I first read this and saw the headline on Twitter, I was like, oh, what is this nonsense?
1: It's a good headline.
0: But the more gotcha. I looked into it, five years, 18 games, And 10% of the entire Pac-12 non-conference locked up against BYU of one single opponent. Yes, the Cougars could impact those teams if they play well. Because that's the strength of schedule boost that those Pac-12 teams want. And If BYU
1: is good. If they're good.
0: And he said.
1: Last year, BYU was a detriment to Wisconsin's uh, hopes to get in the college football playoff. Yes. Until they lost. In the championship game of the Big Ten, so it didn't matter. But BYU's got to be got to be a good team for it to matter. Good to me is 8-plus wins. If you're 8-plus, you're good. If BYU is a quad one college football we win for the Pac-12. We're going to be the ones that figure that out.
0: Then it will help those Pac-12 opponents who are lobbying to that, get into
1: the college football play. And there's nothing more that BYU wants than to help the Pac-12. Well... <laughs> <laughs> BYU wants to help itself first by winning, and then if it helps somebody else, sure. This is a place of service, right?
0: Strength of schedule boost for you, and you, and you, and you.
1: Yeah, that's not the original intent. The 2018 schedule is another daunting one. We've talked about it. I've talked about it a lot. A lot. And I will continue to talk about it until it changes. With five Power 5 opponents, four of which are on the road, and a road date on the Boise Blue as well. Yet yeah, there are some winnable games in there, of course. So, Spencer, let us rank the Cougars' 12-game slate from easiest to hardest.
0: It's April 24th. Why not? And I'll offer this as a precursor to these rankings. Yes. We agree on 10 of the 12 mm-hmm. spots. Yes, we do. Starting at number 12, McNeese State. The fighting heath That's a win. That's a win. Not a surprise. Number 11, New Mexico State in Provo. Former independent pal. Number 10, Hawaii, that program is in a world of hurt. They've got to travel to Provo.
1: There's a particular player that will have a particular interest in that game. Number nine. At a particular school.
0: BYU at UMass. That's a revenge tour
1: in Boston. Yeah, that one's... Okay, more on that in a moment. Okay, More (laughs) more on that in a moment. Number eight, Utah State in Provo. Now, Utah State is a team that beat BYU last year by 16, and it's number eight. Isn't that interesting?
0: Another revenge tour. BYU
1: didn't have seven turnovers. I think they got a good shot to win.
0: (laughs) Number seven. This is a tricky game.
1: Northern Illinois, solid opponent. Yes. Out of the MAC. Jordan Lynch isn't walking through that door. He was a top five Heisman candidate a few years ago. Kind of a Taysom Hill type. Northern Illinois is a quality Group Five team, though.
0: They remind me a lot of Toledo and what they brought to Provo a couple of years back. Toledo,
1: yeah. Toledo on the schedule, 2019.
0: Into the top six. At number six is BYU's lone Power Five home game next year, hosting this the year, Cal baby. Bears. We're months away, right? Sorry,
1: yeah, this season, this season, baby. Uh, yeah, Cal is a team that's projected to be pretty good. So the fact that that's six is pretty interesting.
0: Number five, the season opener at Arizona. Hey,
2: hey, hey! Did somebody say Arizona? <laughs> Hit it. Countdown to the Wildcats. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 130.
1: Hey, there's Jason. Go back uh, into your hiding place. Okay. <laughs> see, see you, Jason. <laughs> Bye, Jason. <laughs> of course he's there. Jason, can you see me up here?
0: <laughs> 130 days before BYU. Is that BYU. where
1: you get? <laughs> Is that oh, where by- he is every show? Oh, and he he's just, just back, back in- there every show? <laughs> at Arizona. Like, waiting for Arizona to be spoken? You hey, know, I,
0: I, I went back and forth between Cal and Arizona. The only reason I gave Cal was the, trip? the number six spot stop it is because that's a home game in Provo. And the season opener yeah. at Arizona against a new head coach with Khalil Tate, that, that put the Wildcats in the top five. Okay? That's, that's a tough game. Now to the top four, Jerem.
1: Now it's getting hard. Loaded.
0: At Boise State on the blue. BYU's hey, never won in Boise. That's going to end at
1: some point. Hopefully this year.
0: Followed by a team that BYU has lost to seven consecutive times. Back who? in Salt Lake City.
1: Don't even say the name. Don't even say the name. Don't, don't you dare say the name. Okay. <laughs> we Sk- all know who it is. We don't need to say over that name. Skipping number
0: three to number two. I have at Wisconsin at number two.
1: I think Washington is number two. So we would flip-flop, right? Number one being Washington for you, Wisconsin for me. Now, I, I don't think it matters, okay? Flip a coin. Those are both really, really hard. Camp Randall in Wisconsin, jump around, bruising offensive line, excellent running backs. This is a place that's been tough for BYU to play in. And everybody, right? That's a tough place to go and win. As has Washington. Now, Washington, Chris Peterson, Jake Browning. That's always multiple the loudest
0: stadium in the Pac-12.
1: Now BYU won there ten seasons ago. It's been that, a while. That was a one-win team that BYU beat. I, I thought it was a winless team. Oh, it I was a they, winless I team. They didn't win any. That BYU I, beat. I'll look it up. But hey, Sark. I th- yeah, I think both those games are going to be really hard to win. Flip I would line. I would love if BYU competed really well and had a chance in one of those.
0: Of those 12 games that we just ranked, Jerem, how many guaranteed wins? (laughs) Uh, Guaranteed. Does BYU
1: have on the 2018 football schedule? Asterisk. These are all subject to loss. (laughs) Guaranteed. Who knows after last year? Like last year changed. Everything it was like. What is? Po- it's possible to lose to a team that allows 50 points a game and 600 yards. Oh my gosh. Okay, McNeese State. That's FCS. That's a that's a win. That's a win. Hawaii. BYU beat that team by 10 at Hawaii. Here it's not going to be close. Hawaii doesn't win in Provo. It's not. It's not the 80s. Okay? Their program's in a world of hurt. Yes, and they're going to be in a world of hurt when they play BYU. Okay, this next one. Okay, New Mexico State. That's a win. Okay. Yes. They beat – New Mexico State, by the way, beat Utah, beat Utah State, State in the bowl game. In a bowl game. Okay, so New Mexico State's one of my favorite teams.
0: Congratulations.
1: They were 7-6 okay. last year. Now welcome back to a two-win season. And hear me out at UMass. I know BYU lost to UMass at home. That was an abomination in BYU football history. Okay. Okay. BYU is not losing again to UMass. You're garan- BYU, guaranteeing I am, it. I am. I've, I've talked to the men's warehouse. They agree. I guarantee it. You're going to like the way BYU looks November 10th when they play at UMass in Foxboro.
0: That's a two time zone east coast road trip in November against a team Cry that BYU river. lost to winning that one. at home. You're guaranteeing that.
1: Yeah, Crimea River throw some tea in it. It's going to be okay. I'll agree with you on 3 of those. At UMass. You don't think at UMass is a guaranteed win. That is a that is a Was take, East Carolina that last That is a year? take on BYU footballs. State of the program right now. Then, if we don't think at UMass is a guaranteed win, I, what what are we doing? It's
0: because of where and when it's played. Two time zones. What world November. do we live in
1: that we don't think UMass is a guaranteed win? I understand you're questioning this. What I don't understand it was a
0: home game. If it was a home game revenge. Okay, guarantee. If
1: BYU loses two games in a row to UMass, that is one of the most pathetic things. Ever in BYU sports? Not saying they're going to lose. Just
0: I can't guarantee the win. That is pathetic. (laughs) UMass,
1: (laughs) UMass. Jeez. Uh. UMass football. (laughs) Hey, let's talk about basketball scheduling. Yes, let's change the subject. I'm annoyed. (laughs) Okay, this morning, CBS Sports college basketball insider John Rothstein tweeted: BYU will host Houston this season. Okay. What's your reaction to the Rothstein report The BYU will host Houston this upcoming basketball season? The
0: start of a new scheduling era has begun for BYU basketball. It has an official date with Houston, and there will be more to come. More than likely, the majority of tougher non-conference games will end up being on the road. So to open scheduling news with a solid home game, that's a win for BYU basketball. Yeah. Wait, are you guaranteeing a win? I'm not guaranteeing a win. It'll probably be a quad two home game when all of the dust settles with the RPI, meaning that Houston's going to be somewhere between one and, or sorry, uh, 30 and 75 or 31 and 75. Yeah, that'd RPI. be quad two. Okay, Qu- like a quad one home game, they have to be top 30. That's a lot to ask.
1: Top 30, yeah. They were 20 when all the dust settled in the season.
0: And who knows? Maybe. 18 on selection
1: Sunday. Okay. Best case scenario, it's a quad
0: one game. Most likely, quad two home game. Right. And guess what? That's a lot better than playing Mississippi Valley State in the Marriott Center. Those still might happen, though. Guaranteed quad four. But I think that this Houston game is going to replace one of those low tier teams that comes into
1: Prover every year. Or it replaces one of the WCC games.
0: And that's, hey. You
1: can t- we don't would know would when you it's take happening. Houston yeah.
0: over a quad four WCC game?
1: I'm offended you even asked me. <laughs> the last five years, Houston's average RPI is 109. Okay, uh, Last year, 20. The year before that, 57. A couple years before that, 239. So they're better. Michigan got all the way to the title game. Michigan beat Houston in the second round of the tournament on a buzzer beater. Houston was going to be a Sweet 16 team.
0: Houston makes a free throw, and they win that game.
1: Yeah. So this is good. And uh, obviously, Dave Rose hooks this up with Kelvin Sampson and company because Dave went to Houston. And I will be shocked if BYU doesn't return this game on the road soon after in Houston. So that's another good game for BYU.
0: BYU's Sports Nation viewer and social media friend Craig Knight tweeted the following a couple of days ago from his account at AgroxCraig. My dad's basement flooded this afternoon, and during the cleaning process, he showed me a Pepsi free can he kept when BYU football won the 1984 National Championship. Hashtag BYU, hashtag go cougs. This sparked a conversation of what's your best piece of BYU sports memorabilia? Jerem, how would you answer that question?
1: First off, there's a caffeine free, Pepsi free BYU schedule. That's the most BYU thing I've ever heard in my life. That's amazing. Uh, a, a few years ago, we shot uh, a bunch of interviews, like 25 in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, they never really aired, but I did them. Uh, <laughs> But I had all these guys sign, uh, sign a helmet, and it was just a really cool experience. One, to talk to them, but two, just have them sign. It's, it's in our office. There's like guys that played in the Super Bowl, Cy Young winner, pro guy, all conference, whatever. Like from all kinds of different sports, men and women. I really like that piece of swag. Also in my house, I have a picture of uh, Beck Tarlene. Outstanding. From our guy Dan Ransom. We, he was the producer when we were at iProvo doing high school games. It's just a picture but it's spectacular. It's bigger than the picture of my family.
0: Yeah, as far as memorabilia <laughs> goes, mine comes from Las Vegas. 1996 WAC Championship football game. There were pieces of BYU helmet left on the field, like pieces broken of helmets. Helmet? Yeah, like wow. little things that had chipped off, and so I collected some of those after the game and those were near and dear to my heart for a long yeah. time. My first ever trip to Vegas was the WAC Championship game.
1: And that, it's never mind. been as good as that. None of, the tri- none of the trips since then have been as good. Oh, that was the greatest year.
0: <laughs> Serious. So good. What's your greatest piece of BYU sports memorabilia? Hashtag BYUSN to send in your responses.
1: Coming up, one of the not-so-pro-day competitors on today's Between the Lines had one goal to beat Spencer's 40. Was that even hard? Really?
0: Plus, how badly does the Pac-12 really need BYU to win? The man who wrote yesterday's article stating as much, John Wilner, will join us next with more on that theory. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight,
1: watch BYU versus Utah baseball on KBYU locally. And YouTube.com slash BYU TV Sports outside the market, as well as BYU Radio. The two teams have split the season series Cougars and it's tonight, 80s.
0: Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation is
1: always
0: rolling on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and the gram. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you would like to converse with us. We're going to converse with the man from the San Jose Mercury News, who wrote the article about BYU football and the potential impact the Cougars could have on the Pac-12 getting into the college football playoff. His name is John Wilner. John, welcome to BYU Sports Nation.
3: Thanks very much for having me.
0: Have you effectively replied to all BYU fans that responded to your article on Twitter?
3: I have not, nor (laughs) have I replied to all of the Utah fans who jumped on to make fun of the BYU fans.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good man, good man. You have a a better life because you didn't do that. So uh, you wrote an article yesterday. Um, Give us a a brief synopsis of kind of uh, the angle you took on uh, on BYU's role in scheduling with Pac-12. Well,
3: I mean, basically I, I set out to kind of get a handle on the Pac-12 non-conference schedules for the next five years or so just to see how many, you know, marquee intersectional games there were, how many games there were against FCS opponents, all that kind of thing. And uh, it struck me as I was compiling the list that there were a lot of games against BYU. And I expected there to be a few, you know, even over and above the the Utahs. Series, I expected there to be a few, but it it was uh, a little bit. uh, The number was higher than I thought. It's 18 games over the next five seasons, starting this fall, and that is basically 10 percent of the Pac-12's total non-conference games over the five years are against BYU, and I mean it certainly makes sense. Uh, you know, on a real general level, the Pac-12 teams would want to schedule the Cougars, and it makes sense that the Cougars would want those games. I just didn't quite expect it was going to be that that big a number. And if you think about it, you know that's that's pretty significant in terms of you know the conference's overall postseason landscape, right? Because the non-conference games count a whole lot toward playoff access, and, you know, it's, it's going to behoove the Pac-12 immensely if BYU, over the sweep of those five years, is, is a good team, because that's going to resonate with the committee, whereas if the Cougars are, you know, from 2018 to 2022, if it's the same Cougars we saw last year, you know, that's not going to serve the Pac-12 very well.
0: John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News, AP Top 25 and Heisman voter with us on BYU Sports Nation. If BYU has 18 games scheduled with the Pac-12 over the next five years, they're really not that far off of what Notre Dame does with the ACC. Do you think the league would ever want to form some type of formal scheduling agreement with BYU?
3: Uh, You know, I wouldn't rule that out. Um, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, the conference has been very hesitant to get uh, heavily involved in scheduling, not conference scheduling, either for football or men's basketball. They will advise, in fact, they have an advisory group, a formal advisory group on the men's basketball side to assist with, with scheduling philosophy but they have been very reluctant to kind of take more of a hands-on role. So in that regard, I I would be a little skeptical of some kind of formal agreement. At the same time, uh, you know, I could certainly see the conference, you know, uh nudging uh teams to to schedule BYU, uh if that's even necessary though. I mean, it's it's an obvious it's an obvious game. For everybody, really, uh, given BYU's uh, fan support throughout the the footprint, uh, given the you know the modest travel cost for Pac-12 fans and teams, you know, going into Provo, uh, so I mean, it just makes perfect sense. Uh, so I don't know that it's even necessary, really, for a formal agreement. I mean, nine teams out of twelve have the Cougars scheduled over the next five years.
1: John, we joke that uh, the county to the north where Utah is is Pac-12 country, so we feel like we're almost there, right? Um, is it in the best interest of the Pac-12 teams that have scheduled BYU for the Cougars to be really good and potentially knock them off and be a loss or to be just kind of mediocre or bad and be a win in the pursuit of the college football playoff?
3: No, I think that they, the Pac-12, best-case scenario for the Pac-12 is that the Cougars be really good uh, because though that gives you the chance – to uh you know to to win a non conference game over a team that's you know nine and three, ten and two. And that's for getting in the playoff, you need those wins. We see it every year. You need a Georgia beat Notre Dame, Alabama beat you know Florida State when Florida State was, you know, supposed to be really good. You gotta have those those high end non conference wins. Oklahoma beating Ohio State. Uh it it's it behooves the Pac-12 the chance, the prospect of getting a, a a win over a nine or ten victory BYU team uh, w- with the potential for a loss. I think that's a risk the Pac-12 would want to take. Plus, there's the the second level is is that if BYU is really good and winning nine or ten games, BYU's probably beaten some uh, power five teams that are on the schedule. So the Pac-12 would you know, collect uh, on an indirect basis, would collect those victories on their resumes. That's that's what they need. They need BYU to win 10 games and go to Tennessee and beat Tennessee and then have, you know, whoever it is, Washington, beat BYU. That's, that's the best-case scenario for the conference.
0: We are talking with John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News, AP Top 25 college football voter. You answer my question. BYU needs to win 9 or 10 games to really have an impact on the Pac-12. They've got four Pac-12 teams on the schedule in 2018 at Arizona, home to Cal, at Washington, at Utah. How would you rank those four Pac-12 opponents from easiest to hardest?
3: For you, if, From BYU's perspective? Yeah. Well, I, you know you almost have to put the Holy War in a separate category, right? Um, I, I do think Utah's going to be good this year. I think Utah could, uh, you know, could be considered a sleeper pick to win the South, given the continuity head coach, co- offensive coordinator, and quarterback, plus the, the veteran offensive line. I think Utah certainly is, is a threat to win the South. And so is Arizona. Uh, to be honest, again, a lot of it has to do with quarterback situation. Uh, but in terms of which of those games is going to be toughest, I mean, I would say it's the the Huskies, right? Is that game in Seattle or Provo? I can't. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Well, what that time. game's in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> that they're going to be they're going to be top top ten. They're they're loaded. Uh, I've got Washington to win the – they're my pick to win the conference. Um, So, you know, Cal, those, Cal on the surface, Cal's probably going to be the most winnable game for the Cougars, but uh, none of those are – none of those will be anything close to to easy. uh, And I would think that, uh, you know, maybe BYU's favorite in that Cal game, I'm not quite sure, but not in the other three for sure.
0: John, great stuff. We appreciate the insight. Uh, We look forward to uh, any and other articles that you have featuring BYU and wish you the best of luck handling the Twitter uh, onslaught.
3: Yeah, no problem. BYU to me is fascinating just because of the the nature of scheduling as an independent. So I'm sure I'll be writing more about it and the impact on the Pac-12. All
0: right, we'll keep our eyes open for that. Thanks, John. Thank you. John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News on the Desert First Credit Union hotline. Desert First, your values, your timeline, your financial future.
1: We just ran out of time with someone who wants to talk about BYU scheduling. Can we do a whole show on this? <laughs> I want to talk about this. It's like you my know, number one want to beef stir, right now. You want to keep stirring that pot? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Coming up, baseball coach Mike Littlewood on the Batcats matchup with the Utes from the Pac-12 tonight.
0: The fighting Pac-12s? And did my unofficial five one six forty yard time hold up against competitors in between the lines not so pro day? Lauren McLean joins us next. You gonna tell me right now?
1: Just are tell you, us. Are you Spoil it. Do it. Tell us. What happened? And you run a five one six? What is it? the softball team hosts Utah State, 8 Eastern, in a non-conference tilt. Watch it on BYU TV tomorrow night from Gail Miller Field. BYU Sports Nation friends,
0: welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. And we now present some of today's top BYUSN stories.
2: It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. CBS Sports'
0: John Rothstein reporting that BYU basketball will host Houston. Go Cougars. As part of their non-conference basketball schedule next season. Hashtag quad one game.
1: Okay, probably quad two, but that's a good uh, non-con game for sure. BYU's probably going to return that. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Baseball hosts Utah tonight, Miller Park, 8 Eastern, live on KBYU. So not BYU TV, KBYU, but on YouTube.com slash sports as well. And BYU Radio, The season series, is tied at 1. Head coach Mike Littlewood joins the program in 10 minutes.
0: Taylor Cole of the AAA Salt Lake Bees, part of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim organization, which Jerem Jordan so loves.
1: I like the Bees, but not the Angels.
0: He pitched one and two-thirds innings in a loss to the Albuquerque Isotopes. struck out two, gave up two hits. Brennan Lund in double-A ball went 2-for-4 for the Mobile Bay Bears in a win over the Mississippi Braves.
1: BYU men's track and field jumps 17 spots in the USTFCCC's A rankings from 25th to 8th. BYU hosts the Robinson Invitational this Thursday through Saturday. If you're local, go check it out. It's a fun event. Speaking of Thursday,
0: NFL Draft Week is upon us, baby. And what better way to kick things off for the draft madness than with our very own second annual BYUSN Not So Pro Day presented by
2: Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines.
4: Last year, our buddy Jim took the first ever Not-So-Pro Day title, but this year we added two more contestants to compete in different events, and with the help of returning judge Micah Simon and new judge Troy Warner, we were able to crown yet one more winner. All right, it's time for our second annual Not-So-Pro Day.
0: I'm 6'1", 280. I, I was a loser last year and I don't like losing. I appreciate the, the second chance. I like that, I like that attitude. Yeah.
4: I'm Kelly, 5'9 uh, half, 144. I deserve to be here because I just told you my weight in order to participate in this. All
0: right, I'm Brenton,
1: 5'10", and about $1.70. I love BYU sports and I don't just watch it, I live it. My name is Kevin, I'm 6'2", 200. I think I deserve it because I have 10 kids. What else is there? Keaton Braithwaite, 5'8", 140. Hey, it's all right.
4: Well, he didn't say it was bad.
1: Well, he looked like it was kind of bad or something. No. Uh, I'm here for one reason, and that's to beat Spencer.
4: All right, guys. We're going to start with throwing
2: and catching. Let's do it.
4: We're starting with Devin, who has gloves.
2: Oh, okay. Snag. Strong start.
4: Yeah, so Devin caught every single pass. A little low.
2: Nice. Bridge, sprint. There you go, there you go. Finish, finish, finish. 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 Kelly
4: caught every single one, too.
2: Hey,
1: low-key, I can play QB right now, huh? You cannot play QB right go now. Throw to you a little bit. I would not want you to throw me the ball. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all
4: right, Kevin. Woo!
1: Uh-oh. Hands catches. Hands catches.
0: There
4: you open. go, there you go. Oh, Glory, what was that? Was that? Come on.
1: We all dropped some in our days, you know? I've dropped a touchdown before, you know? Shame on you.
4: Groove your wife, Brenton. Uh, dime. Brent. That's all right. Whoa. Oh, there we go, there we go. Whoa. Nice little one hand.
2: That might be extra points. Every throw I've made has been a die. Every
1: throw of, that I have has been a die.
4: Mighty Mouse, here we go.
2: Nice. Sprint, sprint. Finish. Good. Nice. About
4: everyone? Good hand.
2: I can tell he got a little wheels on him.
4: For the second drill, it's going to be throwing. Troy is going to do five and out. I'm going to do five and in. And then Micah's going to be long.
1: Let me show you how does it really does. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
4: Devin, right here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Woo! Oh, he's letting me run.
4: Micah. Oh! Look at that. That's a good arm
2: right there. Right
4: on the money.
2: Let's do this, Kelly. Go
4: long, go long.
2: That's all right, good That's try, nice. good try. All right, Kevin's up.
4: <laughs> oh!
1: A little zip on that there one. There you go. Lead him, lead him, lead him. There you go. That's a good That's a throw.
4: throw. All right, Brendan, you ready?
1: I like it. Lead him, lead him.
4: A little wobbly, okay. but good spot. Okay. All right, Keegan.
1: Hey, that was good That's timing right. though. Lead him, good ball. Good okay, ball. spiral. Good
2: That's finish, good finish.
1: Last but not least, we have a 40-yard dash. Y'all might wanna get a little more warmed up for that one.
4: Here goes Devin on the 40.
1: Drive, 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 drive. Finish, finish, finish. There you go.
4: 5-5-6 for Devin. Here you go, Kelly.
1: Finish, finish. There you go.
4: 6-5-6 for Kelly. Strong start, Kevin, here you go.
2: Here you go, there you go. Drive, drive, drive. Finish. 5-9-6. Nice. Drive out, stay low. Finish, finish, finish.
4: Nice. 5-5-3, he's in the lead.
2: All right, Keaton. Let's see. Finish, finish, finish. Sprint, sprint. there you go, there you go. Five oh six.
4: Five oh six. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice job.
2: Evaluation.
4: Devin, my man, you just seemed like you wanted this. I have your uh,
1: your passing and your catching as your top two. Kelly, I I re- one thing that I have that I wrote down was that I, I was really impressed with your hands um, during the catching drill.
4: Brenton, one thing I wrote down for you is I was surprised. Just because when you first came up here, you're like, oh, I'm kind of the nerdy one. And then you get out there and do it, and are like, okay, this guy's athletic.
1: Yeah, Kevin, the best thing that I had on here was um, your catching um, and also your throwing. I thought you did really well there, too. And also, I think you had the best swag out here. So, you know, I appreciate that.
4: Last but not least, Keaton.
1: Overall, I thought you you did well in every category. You know, I didn't like the, the throw that you gave me on the <laughs> you know, on the <laughs> Or route. gave to the ground. Hey, but really, like, you did a good job. Yeah, I guess we'll talk it over and uh, we'll see, see who we pick. I would say those three are the top three that we're deciding between. The, 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 thing, the thing that I have with 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 Brandon is that I feel like Devin probably did better than Brandon did. And
2: then Keaton, obviously he did really good too. So what do we think?
4: Alright, I think we're ready.
2: The results.
4: Our winner, for 2018 NASA Show Day is Devin.
2: There you
5: go. I really didn't want to lose again on TV. I, I was surprised to get a second chance, but when you get a second chance, you got to go for it. Devin, first place.
4: Congratulations to Devin. Redemption is sweet. And thank you, everyone else, for participating. You are true athletes, no matter what anyone says to you. Next week on Between the Lines, we are doing You Laugh, You Lose with the women's softball team. Follow us on Twitter at bu underscore BTL and use the hashtag btl. Your my your thoughts. I need to hear your thoughts We were
1: mainly watching to see if someone would beat Spencer's unofficial Keaton, 40.
4: Keaton Braithwaite did it. has got some
1: wheels, right? Uh,
0: was his laser timed, Lauren? <laughs> was yours laser timed? Uh, yes. By me.
1: It was laser timed. Wait, so why did you say unofficial then if it was laser timed? That doesn't matter. <laughs> Isn't it official?
4: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was the one that kept track of your time the you first did. time you did it. They also did the broad jump. You actually had be
0: faster uh, with your unofficial time. I did. And then you had me a little bit slower, and I combined the two to make an unofficial Whoops. handheld <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Oh, my thumb slip. Hesitation. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. But congratulations. Hey, 5.06. 5. Yeah, 5. he was pretty,
4: he was pretty quick. He 5. actually, he, he also had the longest broad jump, Keaton. Little Mighty Mouse. That's what he called himself.
1: Nice.
0: He
4: did a good job. I was going to say. But I Devin was he... great.
1: Yeah, Devin won. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations laser Devin. Sheep. Laser Sheep won. Congrats. That's awesome. That was fun. Thanks, Lauren. That was fun. Thank that you, guys. that every year. That one's we
0: will. Third second. annual next year. Yes, Start applying yes. now. I'm already exactly. excited.
1: <laughs> Start applying now. Send in your tape.
0: <laughs> Send in your tweets for your greatest piece of BYU sports memorabilia as well. Hashtag BYUSN.
1: Coming up, men's volleyball moves up in the polls after winning the MPSF tournament. We'll tell you how many spots. BYU
0: and Utah face off tonight in baseball. The Batcats back home looking for another win over the Utes. How do they make it happen? Score more runs. Those are the words of Mike Littlewood, right? Figure it out! Figure it out! He joins us next. One of our favorite guys in Studio B.
2: Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Dally Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Dally Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Tonight, watch BYU versus Utah Baseball on KBYU and BYU Radio, as well as YouTube.com slash BYU TV Sports. Two teams have split to see the season series. Check it out tonight.
0: Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. Alongside Jerem Jordan, our daily BYU Sports Nation rebroadcast happens each and every weeknight on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our question of the day. For social media, what's your greatest piece of BYU sports memorabilia? At Grizzfather tweets and I have almost too many to choose from in my Y room. Mm. Uh, you have a Y room?
1: Well, That's then, awesome. That's a memorabilia piece itself. But if
0: I had to choose just one, it would be my All-American quarterback autographed football with autographs from all of BYU's All-American QBs minus Sarkeesian. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Let's get Sarkin on that. That's uh, Yeah, that's an outstanding piece of memorabilia. Joining us now in Studio B is the head coach of BYU Baseball in preparation of the rivalry showdown with Utah Mike Littlewood. Mike, welcome Hello, Mike. back to the desk, man.
5: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Do
0: you have a favorite piece of memorabilia? <laughs>
1: you have a bunch in your office.
5: Well, Bats and balls and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I've got a fungo collection that I have I started in. When I started coaching in, what, 19, gosh, I don't know, a long time ago. But I've got probably 30 fungos that I just – have behind, it's on a dis- in a display behind my, that's probably my number one, it's not a BYU memorabilia, but um, every one of the, my fungos, which uh, for those people who don't know a fungo is what a coach uses to throw up a ball and hit it, that's what I do in life, <laughs> is <laughs> throw a ball up and hit, try to hit it yeah. all day long, but um, yeah, every, every one of those fungos has a has a memory and, you know, specific meaning to me, so that's well, kind of like cool. like a journal, right? A little bit, yeah, a little bit, yeah, They each one of them has a different season, you know, uh-huh. reason I got it, and so that's probably mine.
1: What is it like as the coach of BYU? As you interact with other people, like, do you try and get a picture, or do you still ask for autographs at some point, or is it just like, oh, I met this person? How does that work with you at this point?
5: You, for me, asking or yeah, yeah, I've yeah. I've never re- really been an autograph guy or, or a collector of stuff like that. Um, we, in our office right now, we've got an incredible collection from Babe Ruth, to, you know, to, uh, of baseballs that we auction off every once in a while and. I'll look at them every once in a while, and uh, I mean, there's DiMaggio and Seaver. I mean, there's and, wow. anything you could possibly want. We've got in our office, we had a donation um, given to us a couple of years ago, and there's nothing in me that says, I, I need to have this ball. And there's just nothing, I don't know why, but I've just never been a guy like that. I did ask when Wally Joyner was playing for the Angels, uh, I was in college, we were down there in spring training, and I asked Reggie Jackson for his autograph down there, and he walked right by me. And I said something smart, Alec, to him, and then he kind of he kind of yelled at me a little bit, like said he was going to kick my blank. And, and so, <laughs> so, so since then, that might have scared me off from asking for autographs after that. Really? Yeah, it was good.
1: I've only asked for one autograph during this whole time at BOE TV. I've been like, ah, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm like, I'm a member of the media. Whatever.
5: Did Spencer okay. give it to you? No. Oh, it was Tony Gwynn. Oh,
1: nice. When yeah, he was the San Diego State head coach, and like, oh, sick, I was like, I gotta get yeah. Tony Gwynn. I'm really glad I did. Like, he, he, and he gave it to you.
5: Yeah, and he gave it to yeah. me. And he couldn't have been nicer about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he was great. He a good one to get. Yeah.
0: Selfies have replaced autographs.
5: Probably, yeah. Just a a written... Autograph doesn't mean anything anymore. It's got to be if it if it's not on Instagram, it's not a selfie. It didn't happen, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If <So. laughs> it's not on the internet, it doesn't it, exist. It didn't happen. Can we get a selfie later, Mike? Let's do it, please. <laughs> I was going to ask you, but I was too embarrassed.
0: <laughs> the head baseball coach of BYU with us on BYU Sports Nation, uh, as mentioned tonight against Utah. How does this game impact the direction and the remainder of your season? Because it's non-conference, but it is. The rivalry,
5: yeah, non-conference, but it's it's a huge game. I mean, it's just the, the four times we play Utah are are four of the biggest games we play, and so and we you know we've, we're always honest about saying how important that game is. Um, but for this particular team, I mean, I think we're it's been so up and down. I mean, at at times there's nights that we can be, come out and beat any team in the country, and then there's nights that we feel like we can't score a run, and just and it's a little bit. Unnerving as a as a head coach because you send the first inning you kind of like get a feel for oh today's one of those days we're gonna really struggle or ah it feels pretty good we're gonna you know we should score ten runs and so you never really know until the first pitch is thrown which is a little unnerving as I said but um, we're we're seeking confidence I think that's the biggest thing um, just confidence one through nine confidence in pitchers with hitters and hitters with pitchers and the only thing we've done really well this year is play defense I mean consistently we played great defense. And our pitchers are, have really stepped up and done, done a nice job for us. The the I mean we're 18 and 16. If you're over 500 in college baseball, you've got a good team. We want to have a great team, you know. We want to we want to be 25 and 10 or 30 and 5. I mean we, we that's what we're that's what we're seeking after, but um, this team lacks a little confidence once in a while and and um, there's days we'll show up and we'll have it. And so hopefully tonight keep your fingers crossed. We've got that.
1: Who's the starting pitcher tonight?
5: Well, Bo Burrup will start tonight. It's going to be a staff night. Um just He'll probably go two, and then I'll just script it out. So each guy will have an inning, which we Typical do. Kind of Tuesday yeah, day. kind of a Tuesday thing right now. You know, if you if we go back a little bit to the first of season, Ryan Brady, freshman from Park City, was was uh, slotted as our number two starter. Uh, ended up having Tommy John about four weeks ago, so he's out for the year, and then we lost Riley Gates, our closer. Mm-hmm. So that moved everybody into different roles, and so what we're doing now is we're we're starting. Uh, Jordan Wood on Thursdays, Hayden Rogers on Fridays, and then to be determined on Saturdays just to find out who's most healthy and who what it looks like. But it's like at this time of the season, it's game by game, you know, all hands on deck, and we, try, we, we have to win Thursday, then we have to win Friday, and then we'll worry about Saturday. But now it's Tuesday. We need to win tonight.
0: Obviously, you want to take care of business against yep. Utah. 18-16 and 16 overall, as you mentioned, 7-8 and eight in West Coast Conference play. You've got San Diego coming into Provo for a critical three-game series what 's the mood of the team right now uh, as you float around the 500 mark overall and in league play?
5: Well, I think it's good. I mean nobody's packed it in. You know I think we realized just with we were talking before we came on air how everybody 's beating each other up. Um, Santa Clara's much better. Uh, Portland's much, much better than they were pacific is is better. so the bottom the traditional bottom three teams in our league are beating other teams, which makes it nice we 're seven and eight, but we 're you know two games out of a, a playoff spot. And as the other thing, everybody else, um, we've got three games to make up in the win column. So we're three games short because we bided last week. And so th- it, that's nice for us as well. So we just can't, we got to keep playing. We have four, four league series left. And if we win our series, we're going to be in the playoffs. If we're not, then we won't. It's just that simple.
1: We made a big deal a few weeks ago about you saying it's a must-sweep series against, was it Santa Clara? Santa Clara, yeah. yeah. Have you thought about going to the well again? That way yeah. it worked at it home. Worked out he got
5: all well. Three. well, you look at certain teams. I mean, San Diego's San Diego's a team that's going to be 500 in our league. It looks like this year, and uh, they've always been really good. They've been good. I mean, yeah. probably talent wise, they're the most talented. I mean, they have they have a USA Sprangle, Nick Sprangle, who's a USA baseball pitcher. I mean, on, on the USA team, ninety three, ninety five, left hander. He's just not throwing strikes this year, and they've got another kid Murphy, who's a left hander that's got the same velo. He's he's not having a great year. His ERA is around five, and and so they're kind of having the same, similar year we are. They've got a really good team, but they're just underachieving just a little bit. So, you don't really plan on sweeping San Diego, but Santa Clara is a team that they're much better this year. But traditionally, that's a team that we that we sweep, and we have to especially at home. And so that's why I made those comments. And really, I just wanted to make our team aware that hey, we, this is we need to sweep these guys to give ourselves a chance. And looking back now, if we win two or three, you know. At this point in our season, every game matters, um, and if we try to sugarcoat and say it doesn't, we're probably just lying to them, and they probably know that already, too.
1: Yeah, and you and you you and you did it, but you needed some dramatics to do it, too. We did. And maybe the extra motivation and conversation added to that.
5: Yeah, I doubt it, but <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that, but uh, you, you never know what's going to—you just never know. I've tried everything this year as far as patting them on the back, getting mad at them, you know, just telling them, let's persevere. But it's a veteran team. I mean, we've got guys who've been around the block a little bit. That that um, they know what it takes um, to to go win league games. I mean, they. And if you have a bunch of freshmen, you can understand the up and down. And that's what's kind of hard to take with this team is that we have a lot of guys who have been been around. A lot of guys who are at a regional, and it's just you know maybe the pressure a little bit. Maybe guys who were under the radar last year that now need to step up just aren't willing to accept that role. But for me, it's like, man, at any time, and I, th- I thought this a month ago, at any time we're going to get rolling and go on a 20-3 and run like we have the last couple years. And hopefully that's going to happen today.
0: Now, typically, 15 to 16 wins in league puts you in a good place to be in the top four for the postseason tournament. And doing the math, you win the next four series, you go 8-4, and that puts you right at 15. So, so yeah. no pressure,
1: just win the next yeah. four series. <laughs>
5: well, and, and the other thing is, too, we're playing San Francisco, playing San Diego, and uh, St. Mary's, the teams that are right there with us. And so we knock them off. It's And then – if we get to that point, Pacific might be might be a must sweep series. So at the end of the season.
0: All right, Mike Littlewood. Good luck tonight against Utah. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. I'll take bat. it. I'll take it. Let's Maybe go ahead and extend it through the weekend as well for San
5: Diego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay? Let's just go through powers. the end of this end of the season. How about that? How <laughs> powerful it is. How long it lasts. Yeah. yeah. Shelf life. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll learn right. that. Thanks, Let's, guys. Uh, we appreciate the time. Thanks, Thanks Mike. Mike. Thanks.
1: Hey, coming up. You know things are good when your team jumps 17 spots in the polls. We'll tell you who did that.
0: Whoa! Plus. Did BYU just schedule a quad one game in basketball? Those guys are going to work. What
1: does that even mean?
0: Go Cougars (laughs) on multiple levels in that game. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Tanner Lewis,
2: get off your phone, dude. work, man. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big
0: thanks to today's guests, John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News and BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes and or Google Play.
1: Coming up this week, All-American gymnast Shannon hortman Evans. That sounds great, doesn't Twitter it? Twitter-kicking superstar Cash Peterman. Let's whip it.
2: It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. CBS Sports' John Rothstein
1: reports BYU basketball will host Houston this next season. Baseball
0: Host Utah tonight at Miller Park, 80s for live on KBYU locally. Listen on BYU Radio. You can also watch on YouTube.com slash BYU TV Sports. Season series tied at one game apiece. Mike Littlewood just talked to us, said, look, BYU needs to turn it around. It starts tonight.
1: Cougars in the minors. Taylor Cole of the AAA Salt Lake Bees pitched one and two-thirds in a loss to the Albuquerque Isotopes, struck out two and gave up two hits.
0: Brennan Lund, two for four for the AA Mobile Bay Bears in a win over the Mississippi Braves.
1: Adam Lund won one for five with an RBI for the AA Arkansas Travelers and a win over the Tulsa Drillers. Track and field. BYU
0: men's track and field jumped 17 spots in the USTFCCCA rankings from 25th to 8th. BYU posting the Robison Invitational this Thursday through Saturday.
1: Volleyball. Men's team jumps up two spots from four to two. Also, the 2018 Off the Block Awards have Leo Durkin tied for fifth in the Loy Ball Award for best setter and Price Jarman sixth for the the best middle blocker.
0: There you go. Today's Rise and Shout. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com.
1: Goes to Laser Sheep for winning the Not-So-Pro Day. Also to Keaton for beating your 40.
0: Yeah, well done, everyone involved.
1: He's quick, in that. man! Yeah, well done. It's fun. Mike, what, Simon, Troy Warner, awesome, great judges.
0: What's your greatest piece of BYU Sports memorabilia? Our elite tweet of the day at Laser Sheep. You mean besides my BYU Sports Nation stuff? Yeah. I have a signed Jimmer jersey that I won in a contest. I had to wear a dress to get it. I also had to promise never to wear a dress again. <laughs> I've since kept that promise.
1: The Laser Sheep takes over the show. That's awesome! Congratulations, man.
0: Conversation rolling 24-7 on Twitter and Instagram, hashtag BYUSN, our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Dane Nielsen. Back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern.